coming. It's a good, good day. Rona, thank you for worship. So good. It's amazing. And thank you, everyone else, for participating in worship. Um, I want to, we're going to do a couple things. You know, when I get up here, you guys get like an entire buffet of different things that happen. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reflection of um, my brain. I'm all over the place. Yes, Vince says it is. Uh, but, but enjoy. So today we're going to have Michael come up and share something for a couple minutes. This is awesome. So I want to tell you a reason why I asked him to come up and share. Um, it really has nothing to do with what I'm going to speak about. Um, but I want, us, I want to start doing this periodically where we share moments where we encountered the presence of God that marked us and that left us hungry for more. It's so important to continually stir up the hunger to encounter God and to know what he does in people's lives and to see how he's moved in different individual lives. It's all different, yet all the same, because when he encounters us, something happens on the inside where we desire more of him and we keep coming back, but where we experience just the full embrace of God. And, and the movement of heaven on our behalf. And so I just want Michael to share briefly a little bit of one of those experiences. I know we all have many, um, but he's going to share on one. So Michael, come on up. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about it this morning. Uh, Sophia gave me more heads up than Vince probably would have. <laughs> I got like two, three hours of notice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the Lord is so good. Um, he's met me in so many different ways. But the one that came to mind this morning, I was thinking about a time, um, maybe last April or about, not quite a year ago, but close, um, and it's actually a time that was, I think, very difficult for me. Um, just a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of emotions, a lot of like new things, getting ready to be engaged, and there was like a lot of deep hard work that the Lord was doing. And um, I think <laughs> on this particular Sunday, I was feeling really bad. Actually, I had just like, you know, one of these nights, like I was just feeling restless. I was feeling tormented. I stayed up late, like. I don't know, watching YouTube or doing something. I don't even remember. I mean, this isn't the good thing about God. I never remember the bad thing. I just remember what he did um, afterwards. But it was not good. I came to church on like four hours of sleep. I was like, I'm not feeling it. Like, managed to get here. And it was just like, as soon as I stepped in the door, like the glory of the Lord just kind of hit me. Um, and I sat down in the pew and it was like, I just like couldn't I couldn't even like worship I was just sitting sitting there just like crying and crying and crying <laughs> and, and I think um, I kind of pulled it together at the end of worship um, and then the whole sermon I was pretty much just like trying not to start openly because <laughs> I felt like that would be a little disruptive and there was like no explain I mean you know the worship was awesome the worship's always awesome uh, I think 
I don't know, I think it might have been Sophia who was preaching, that was also awesome, but it was just the presence of God that just hit me in such a way where like somehow I stepped in going, I don't feel very good, I don't, I feel like I need more, and the Lord just kind of showed me his more in that moment is the best way I can describe it. Like he, I just had this moment of kind of encountering him, kind of getting a glimpse of his glory, getting a glimpse of him on the throne, and that's really what undid it for, undid me in that moment, because I realized, like, he is so good. Like, in this moment where things are hard, I don't feel good, I feel like there's nothing good in me, I get a glimpse of him, and I realize he's, he's everything that's good. He's everything that I need. There's, there's no other source. <laughs> there's no other source of good. Like, the, we, we get to be good when he puts his goodness inside of us, and he gives us so many good things. But it's all him at the end of the day. And so I was just totally totally shocked, totally just, oh my goodness, like, the cry of my heart when I say things have seemed hard, when the cry of my heart when I say, like, I didn't get enough sleep, or I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that, it's, it's a cry for him, because he's, he's the one who satisfies, he's the one who's good, he's the, he's the thing that all of me is groaning for and looking for, and it was just so overwhelming in that moment, but so powerful, and I came up at the end and got prayer. I was just still crying. <laughs> it's like, I just, I just need more. Like, I just need more of who God is. Um, because, yeah, I mean, in every area of my life where I'm not fully satisfied, he's, he's what I'm looking for, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if I don't always notice it, even if it feels like, well, I need this thing, or I need that thing, or I need to have this resolved in my heart, or whatever, like, it's, it's really him that I'm looking for, and to be able to be free to encounter his presence, and so, yeah, it was really transformative for me, and it's kind of set me on a trajectory through most of the last year into this year, where I'm realizing, like, he's, he just needs to get bigger, he just needs to get brighter in my life, like, the more, the more that he, he actually increases, the more that everything kind of falls into place um, because he actually is all the good stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff that I'm looking for, it actually finds its source in him. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, Michael, come back, come back. Michael, come back. All right, I want everybody to open their hands. We have Michael, would you just pray that more over them? God, I thank you that you are a good father. That you're a father who longs, longs to give us more, who longs to give us more of your presence. God, I thank you that however far we go in this life, it's only just a taste because one day we're going to be face to face. One day we're going to see you fully, just the way that you see us fully. But God, I ask here in this life, God, would you Give us a deeper taste. Give us a deeper glimpse, God. Give us more of your goodness. Let us see. Let us taste. Let us feel you more, God. Let us, let us see you as the source of everything that's good in our lives, God. I pray that you would come into our homes, that you would come into our prayer times, you'd come into our work, you'd come into any place where we don't see your goodness or it's hard to see your goodness and we just see our problems, God. I pray that you would turn those moments for us into moments of wow, God is good. Wow, I need Jesus. Wow, he's so much better than what I'm looking at in front of me. He's the answer. He's the solution. God, I pray that you would turn our moments of struggle into moments of praise um, because we encounter your glory and we see how much greater you are. 
um, even than the things that we struggle with here, God. I pray more over everybody in this place, God. I pray more of your presence. I pray more hunger, God, to come boldly before you, Lord. You're so good, and we need you. We need you in everything, and the more, the more, that, the more that we hunger for you, the more that we're satisfied, God. See that those who hunger and thirst for righteous will be righteousness will be satisfied. So I pray for your hunger. I pray for your thirst, God. The thirst for righteousness, which is you, God, because you're the one who's perfectly righteous. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Amen. So good. Thank you, Michael. Michael's awesome. We were meeting with Michael and Kat for premarital counseling, and I remember I didn't ask him permission to share this, so, but I, I want to just honor you. He's, he just nodded. He has no idea what I'm going to say, but he trusts me, so <laughs> thank you. Uh, I remember asking him, you know, what is, what is like a, a burden on you that you feel you want to accomplish for the Lord? Like, what is burning in you? And his response was one of the most beautiful responses I've ever heard someone say. You know, some people are like, oh, I want to, you know, go save the world or heal the sick or whatever. And Michael just said, if I could just be a vehicle where people can encounter the presence of God, I would be so happy. Like, that's so amazing. Um, so, Michael, thank you for sharing that this morning. So good. Um, all right, before I get into the, the Bible stuff, um, I'm going to let you guys into a little, <laughs> into some conviction in my life. Um, you know, before, uh, well, before we, before we go, I want us to all do a little bit of intercession together, and I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot going on in the world, and there's a lot in the news and so the conviction that I had was um, forming opinions before prayer. And, um, you know, you have, you have all these news articles and, and Christians and leaders and prophets. We have all kinds of people, um, the left, the right, the holy, the not holy. We have everyone in the world uh, sharing opinions and maybe even what they heard from God or what they feel God is saying, but it is so important before we make judgments and before we form opinions that we ask God for his insight, for his point of view, and how we can pray and partner with him. Um, it's huge. And so this morning, God said uh, to me, uh, would you join in prayer over something that I care about. And I'm like, yes. And he said, okay, then you have to release your, your opinions and your thoughts about it. So I did, and I said, okay, so now, well, I asked him, what is it? And it's the, the border crisis in Texas that he really cares about. And so, I mean, he cares about everything. But today, this is what we get to do. It's about Texas. So I had to release that. And so if you have any opinions or judgments let it go, please. And we're going to pray. Um, and I'll tell you, I wrote some, some bullet points down of what he asked me to pray about. So we're going to just spend some time for prayer, in prayer really quick.
God, it is our joy to partner with you. God, thank you for the invitation to partner with you in prayer and in intercession. God, thank you for allowing us uh, to be a part of what heaven is doing and what heaven sees. So God, we just lift up the border crisis in Texas. We pray over the entire state of Texas. And God, I thank you that you care about the immigrants and the border safety. I thank you, God, that you care about the nation. And I thank you, God, that you care about the individuals. And so, God, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would send angelic help through wisdom and even through encounters, God. God, would you raise up churches in the area to be equipped to help the immigrants? Would you raise up churches in the area to be equipped to support the border uh, workers, to support the government, God? Would you raise up intercessors in that area, God? Would you raise up intercessors in that land, God, who will see with the eyes of heaven and who will war on behalf of what heaven decides is holy and worthy of warring on? And so, God, we just thank you for your help. We thank you for every individual that is on either side, God, that you so care about their souls and you care about their well-being. So, God, we thank you for making a way where there seems no way. God, we thank you for the wisdom of heaven that you can impart upon leaders who don't even know your name, Jesus. And so we just ask for the wisdom of heaven to come, God. We ask for unity within the government, God, to make a decision that is based off of heaven's influence. And so, God, we just command our souls to agree with who you are and what you say. So, God, I ask that you would give us ears to hear that. And give us eyes to see. Jesus, I even ask that you would raise up people that would go and and, um, that they they would intercept the immigrants as they're coming in and just share your gospel with them, Jesus. That you, would, that you, God, would place a front lines team, God, that would come and be able to share the gospel. God, we thank you for safety and protection and discernment, God. All right, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I encourage you guys to do, to do that. It's so important. Um, it's so important that we keep our, our heart positioned right. And I didn't even realize that was happening in me as I'm like reading the news and forming opinions. First of all, what do I know? I mean, really. <laughs> I'm learning. And, and, and same goes for you guys. We're not there. And we're not uh, appointed in government positions for a reason. Because the Bible says that God appoints the kings and the kingdoms and the rulers and the government. God does that. Um, and so it's really important um, for us all when we read something, be really quick to pray about it. Be really quick to ask God, God, how do I pray for this? I'm not going to pray my own opinion. I'm not going to pray what I think should happen, but I'm going to pray, God, that your will would be done. And so it's, it's a good question to ask God, what is your will? And it's really interesting. <laughs> he usually, for me, for me, he usually has me crying on behalf of the people and their souls and just praying for their souls. 
not so much the resolve of the situation, but for the human for the individual, because that's what he came for after all. He didn't come to resolve every issue in the world. He came for the soul, for the person. So, all right. Well, that's not what I'm talking about you today. So thank you for praying with me. Thank you for uh, letting me tell you the lesson that I'm learning and uh, had to repent of. Okay. Well, Really cool of what, about what Don prayed for this morning after worship because it's, it's what I am going to share with you guys. Uh, I've been going on this journey um, of, man, just, <laughs> just really God has been saying this one theme over me for about the past two years. Um, anytime I kind of go into spiritual warfare type topic with God. Like if I feel an onslaught of something coming on and I start to pray or I'm like, oh, you know, you, we have those prayers like where we push the panic button and we're like, God, save me, like help me. Um, anytime I would go there, God would respond like with this one line and he, he was like, it's time to know whose you are and who, and it's time to know who you are and whose you are. Um, who you are in God, and then who he is. So if you know whose you are, if you know who Jesus is, if you really know that, um, the panic button really like, is just not even an option. Um, there's not an option to be a victim and to feel like you cannot overcome. It's just not even relevant when you know who Jesus is, and then you understand who you are because of Jesus. And so I have been reading and reading and reading and um, just really, really submitting to that, really submitting to, okay, I need to know this. And so just reading about who Jesus is, like, holy moly, <laughs> like, why? Why would anything ever trump uh, Jesus if we really knew who he was? Why would anything uh, shake us? But that's just part of us growing and part of us being human and and living in the world. Um, but I want to I start over um, in just some, some really quick kind of throw out some facts here, okay? Um, when we're born again, we all know this. This is foundational stuff. Uh, we're born again. We're a new creature, right? I think, I think the majority of you could quote that scripture that you are, therefore, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. Um, we have to agree with that. So today we're going to talk about agreement, what we're agreeing with. Are you agreeing with your heavenly birthright? Or are you agreeing with your sinful nature? Because uh, they cannot, they don't like coincide. We, we have to choose which one we're going to agree with. Like every, every time we have a thought go through our mind or every time a boss says something to us or, or a doctor or a friend or a spouse or anytime something is spoken to us um, or anytime we have an option to act upon something, we have to make a decision in that moment if we are agreeing with our birthright, our heavenly birthright, or with the former. Um, and so we're going to just go through some really quick, some scripture verses. I have a lot of scripture verses, but I am not 
a slide person, and so I'm really sorry. <laughs> you don't want to see the slides I make. They'll be like somehow off, off the page. Um, okay, Ephesians chapter 1. We're just going to go through really the book of Ephesians. Um, I should have turned there before I started. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. Nope, I lied. 22. 1, verse 22. All right, here is a verse about Jesus, and we get to share in his inheritance, right? That is foundational Christian gospel, is that we are co heirs with Jesus Christ, because we've been adopted by God the Father into his family, so we're co-heirs. We get to share with what Jesus did, and so uh, verse 22, God has put all things, say all things, all things, all the things, (laughs) under the authority of Christ, and has made him head over all things, for the benefit of the church. Who are we? The church. So God put all things, one more time, all things. So did he put your family situations? Did he put the the trouble of finances? Did he put all of the demonic powers and principalities under his feet? Did he put every worry that you could ever have under his feet? Um for the benefit of you, for the benefit of us. God displayed his power in Jesus for our benefit. Okay, next verse. I'm just going to go through these verses, and then I'll try to talk through them. Um, um, sorry about that. Uh, Ephesians 2.6. All right, that, this says... For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Okay, where do we sit? That's right. Okay, this is really, really good. So often the Holy Spirit will come and kind of nudge me and I'll ask Vince to remind me as well of don't get caught up in ground warfare. Don't get caught up in just what's right here. Go, go to your seat. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> um, take a seat where you belong, and that's next to Jesus, and see from his perspective. Uh, it's really important that we can slow down. And if you are really good friends with someone in here or you are a spouse in here, so gently but firmly <laughs> tell that person as they're complaining or talking or worried or whining or playing the victim, hey, take a seat. <laughs> Take a seat, sir, in your rightful spot, which is next to Jesus. All right. Um, next one, 2.10. Just a couple verses down. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Okay. How many of you feel like you have things to do for Jesus All of you better raise your hand because you do. Um, Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about accomplishing it. 
Don't worry about how you're going to get there or what to do because he assigned it a really long time ago, right? Jeremiah 29.11, uh, he knows the plans that he has for you. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I have given you a destiny. So when those thoughts come up, here's your verse. I am God's master's peace. He created me anew in Jesus so I can do the good things that he had planned for me. I'm giving you guys some weapons here, right? Because Ephesians uh, chapter 6 says that this, the Bible, the word of God is your sword, your weapon. So write these down if that's something you think about often. Um, Ephesians 2.19. I should have sent out an email and had you guys read Ephesians so I don't have to do this. Okay, 2.19. You are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So good. Um, which is really cool. Um, it's really great when you notice patterns. So I'm going to kind of walk you through what God has done in me and is continuing to do in me. When maybe patterns of thought, even action, um, or maybe kind of attacks start coming that I feel are related to my family. Um, maybe what, like things, you guys know what I'm saying. I'm trying to not say negative things about our families, but we all have sin in our families, right? And we all have like difficult things that we have been exposed to that our parents didn't conquer on our behalf. So now it's our turn to conquer those things. So when those things come up, this is honestly something that I say all the time. No, I'm, I'm no longer a member of the Stewart family. I am a member of God's family. I've been adopted by the King of Kings, and I've been adopted by the Holy One and the Righteous One, and so I'm no longer subject. So these are just things, like really good principles to remind yourself of, um, of who you are. Uh, next verse is Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen ruler and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay, this is really important because this is so beautiful, like the kindness of God and the love of God that he would use, he would work in us to show all of the heavenly realms, that's the, that's the demonic area and that's all of the angelic, that he would put us on display, his work in us on display to show his power. That's really amazing. And so anytime you might think you're not worthy or, oh, man, God has to help me in this area again or whatever it is, I want you to say of yourself, it is God's delight to move on my behalf and to work in me because it puts on display his power for all of the principalities. It's huge, guys. It's huge. Foundational stuff that we just have to understand and agree with. Um, Ephesians, ooh, nope, yep, Ephesians 4.24. 4.24. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So what is your nature? Righteous and holy. That's who you are. That is what God gave you um, when he adopted you. Okay, next verse, going through these. Ephesians 4.30. This is really cool. I'm just going to read the second half of the... Do not... um, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I want to emphasize this part. Uh, Remember, he has identified you as his own. The Bible even says that salvation was not your own work. Like, remember that God, because he loves you, went out and drew you unto himself, and he identified you as his own. So this isn't us, like, making a petition for adoption. This isn't us saying, like, oh, can can I be a part? He's identified you as his He loves you so much. Um, All right, those are the verses I'm going to focus on. I want to encourage you guys. There's so much on this. Um, I want you to to read about, like, who Jesus is and the authority and the, the kingship that he has and that he walks in, his kindness and his strength and his mercy. And I want you to, like, it's really easy to go through the New Testament, but especially Paul's letters, it's something he really focuses on because he writes to the church. So he's reminding the church, hey, this is who you are. You are not just Gentiles anymore, and you're not Jews that have to follow all of these strict rules to get approval. Like He, he um, really focuses on identity, and so I encourage you guys to go through that. Um, I want to share one more verse. You don't have to turn there. Um, I'm sure most of you could actually quote this by heart. Um, Acts 1.8. This is really cool to me. Um, So it says, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Okay, we're actually going to read verse 6. Um, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I love this. I've shared this so many times because I just, I think it's amazing. Uh, When Jesus came on, um, came into his ministry and people started following him, they're like, yeah, he's going to overthrow Rome and we're going to be free finally. And they were so interested in that. Um, and so again, just like us, we're like, are you going to resolve all of the wars and that's going on in our, in our world? God, are you going to come and resolve the crisis of, of homelessness? And, you know, all, we have all of these things that they had to, we, we have the communist governments and we have the people that are oppressed and we have all the sin and all of the idolatry and all of, uh, all of the bad things. Um, and, and so the disciples are like, oh, he, you raised from the dead. You died for our sins. You raised from the dead. So now is it your time like, to come? Like, we're ready. We're ready to go. And Jesus' response um, says, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. Um, but then this is the part that makes me excited. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' response to them being like, are you going to overthrow the bad kingdom? His response was, no, you are, actually. 
You are going to receive power, and you're going to overthrow the bad kingdom by spreading my light into the world. So here's a challenge. Anytime we start to get upset about what's going on in the world and um, we feel burdened, it's really good to say, okay, how do I help in this? Um, What's my role? Because we really are... He really left so that we can do greater works than these. We can do greater works than Jesus. Um, and I think the, the joy that it gives him to see his people doing what they were called to do. Remember, who supplies the power? The Holy Spirit supplies it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to know who you are and whose you are and be ready to go. Um, it's a really, really easy for us to sit back and to make judgments on what's going on right now and what could be doing better, what the president could be doing better, what the government can be doing better, what churches could be doing better. Well, we're the church. We're the people that God is saying is the answer to way back when uh, he sent his Holy Spirit so that we could actually make a difference, so that we can affect. Because again, what did Jesus came, come for? Says, I came to seek and to save the lost. I have been anointed to speak the good news, to set the captives free. That's what Jesus is about. He's not about the perfect governments. He's not about, um, he knows that the way to, over, to overthrow the, the enemy, well, he already did, but he knows our way, the way for us to overthrow the enemy in our life is just to become more like Jesus. It's not to solve world problems, but to become like Jesus and so that souls will not perish. That's, that's the thing, like that's the goal. And so the way that I came about this message is last Sunday during worship, God said, if my people continue to play the victim, they are denying their birthright. And we know what happens when we deny our birthright. I will remind you, when, when Esau denied his birthright, he was given over to the things of the world. When we deny who we are in Jesus, when we deny our birthright, when we deny what God has given us because he loves us and we choose to agree with thoughts about ourselves that are not his thoughts, he, he'll actually give us over to those, to those things. He'll let those things continue to reign in our lives because we are denying what he has already established. And so I, 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 know, <laughs> I know that so often when I speak, it's about like getting free. You're welcome. It means we're not quite there yet. Um, me too. Me too. I'm not saying you guys are all bound and I'm just wonderful. Um, if... I want to tell you kind of what bound, when, when you're bound to something, what that means. It's like having um, like a bungee cord 
You know how there's a hook on one side and then a hook on the other side? It could only stretch so far. So if you're bound to something, say I'm bound to this, there's a hook on this and there's a hook on me, I can try to move away from it, but the farther I get, somehow it snaps and pulls me right back to it. Does that make sense? And so if there's a cycle in your life that you're like, man, it feels like just when I start making progress or there's this thing, I just keep, I keep getting stuck. I could only go so far in this one thing. Why do I keep, and you know, you can let shame come in. You could let your, your good works have an effect of like, oh, I, should, I just should have done this differently. Or if I didn't do that, oh, I just keep getting pulled back. You can blame your mama and your daddy and your grandpa and your sister and your dog. You can do all of that thing, but that's where the victimhood becomes, comes in. And it hasn't worked yet to free you. By putting blame and coming up with scenarios and, and all of these reasons why and having an understanding why that thing is in your life and why you're bound to it hasn't quite worked yet. And the, the victim mentality is that I'm not strong. I cannot conquer this. God's not doing it for me yet. He already did it. He already paid the price. And he already sent the work of the Holy Spirit to, to move powerfully in your life. So he's done the things. Us as Christians really agreeing with what God says about us is huge. So I want you guys to picture that bungee cord scenario. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's thought, negative thought patterns about yourself. I'm not good enough. I don't see how I could ever be greater. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a... Who knows? Maybe it's a person. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a relationship that you can't let go of. I don't know, but I, I think you guys all have an idea of that thing that you feel like you just can't like run full speed in that area. You can maybe you can like trot and you like can gain momentum, but then somehow you just like it's like the cycle. You just like keep going back and then you feel like you have to start over again and, and gain momentum all over again. So that is when that that's a explanation of when you're bound by something or con wrongfully connected to something. So I want you to think just while I'm talking what that thing is. And I want you to come into agreement with what your birthright is. The Bible says that you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Why? Because you're co-heirs with Jesus, and what is under Jesus' feet? All things. For the benefit of who? His church. All things in your life are under the feet of Jesus, and you get to sit right next to him, which means what? The earth is our footstool. All things for your benefit, to display the works of God in all of the heavenly realms. What amazing God, what an amazing God to care so deeply 
about our well-being. But I just want to be so quick to remind you guys what it's all about. It's all about putting the glory back on to Jesus. He frees us because he loves us, but it also puts the glory back onto him for the greatness and the marvelous works that he does. It's so amazing. So beautiful. I've been really, um, I want to share, I just want to share this scene. I wish I would have pulled it up, but that's me not being, not being a, prepared in time. But so I watched this, um, I watched the Chronicles of Narnia with my kids. How many of you have seen that movie? Okay, so it's been a really long time since I saw that movie. I think I just saw it when it first came out, and I was like, oh, that's good, Aslan, I love Aslan. Um, and like, that was kind of it. I'm like, oh, I see Aslan died, and Rose again. it's like Jesus. And then I'm watching it with my kids, and like sobbing the entire time. <laughs> um, and... I'll, I'll just tell you why, because, and I, I shared, a, I think I shared a little bit about this last time I spoke. Um, I promise you guys, I'm just going to do a side note, I promise, I like really pray and ask God what I'm supposed to share. I, I feel this almost like ridiculous burden of like, oh, I don't want to share my own things, because really you could just read any verse in the Bible and be like, that's a great message. I'm going to speak that. Like that's, that's so great. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm getting off on a tangent, but in high school, we would do like these like popcorn sermons um, where they would give us, I think you guys have done it with Mama Vera, where like she gives you a scripture verse and like, you know, preach for five minutes off that scripture verse. So you could do that. Like we could do that. I really, really ask God. I'm like, God, if I have the microphone in my hands, I have to know what you want to speak. One, because I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. Like my knees are shaking. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, so I'm like, God, you so have to tell me. But it's also because I really care about sharing something that is timely and that will actually, like, move on behalf. Like, he will move on behalf of that. Um, and so just know that, like, the reoccurring theme of freedom is him. And it's not just me getting excited to talk about something. It's not just me, like looking at your lives and being like, they really need this, because um, that's not what I'm doing. It's really God. When I was praying in the beginning of this year, um, it was actually, I think it actually was January 1st, I was praying and asking God, like, God, what do you have for the church this year? Like, what is, you know, what's the vision? Um, and he said, I want my people to be whole. I want my people to be whole. And um, the reason why I got a picture of this again during worship, I got a picture where I saw these two massive angels blow trumpets, and in all of the churches, like across America, not just our church, all of the churches across America, I saw prodigals like sprinting into the church, and they were filthy, like head to toe messy. And I saw all of them running into the church. And he's like, I want my people here to be whole because they are going to help the mess. Like it's so who God is to build up his people, right? It says that he, he distributes the gifts to the pastors, evangelists, teachers. He, he dis distributes the gifts. 
I just read this. It's in, it's, I think it's in Ephesians or Colossians. But he, he distributes the gifts. This is so good. So that people will no longer believe the lies that are spoken to them. So like he distributes gifts among his church as a whole to just like further establish identity in everyone else. And so us being whole is not just about you and you and you and you. It's not just about us like not having that tether and not being weighed down and not going back in this cycle. It's about the glory of Jesus in everybody's life. It's about partnering with what he wants to do. And so it's like, don't make it this internal thing of like, oh, I'm bad and I still have all this drama with me or, you know, I have so much work to do with Jesus. No, make it about, God, how amazing you're inviting me in to do this with you. You're going to free me because there's thousands of people that are going to run back to you and, and you're going to use me. It's, a, it's, such a, it's such a generous offer from God because he could do it all on his own. But in his wisdom, he uses us. Why? Because it puts a display onto the principalities of who God is. It's so cool. But anyway, okay. I can't remember where I was. I was over here. Um, what? Narnia. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'm watching the Chronicles of Narnia. So thank you, Michael. Um, I'm glad someone knows what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I'm watching the Chronicles of Narnia, and I, I've had the conversations with God. I think I shared this kind of last time of, like, there's something in my life. Why won't you just, like, deal with it, you know? <laughs> like, can you just come and fix all my problems? Um, and so I'm watching the Chronicles of Narnia, and does anyone remember the oldest brother's name? Peter, thank you. Okay. So... I'm going to kind of set the stage if you're a visual person, kind of think of this. So Peter is in Narnia, and the whole time he's like, kind of, why are we here? This is ridiculous. And then a man on behalf of Aslan comes to Peter and hands him a sword and is like, you're going to need this. And so Peter has a sword, and they're being chased by these mean wolves, I feel like I'm teaching my um, kids right now. So they're being chased by these wolves. And, uh, and I'm going to have to shorten this up. Okay, so Peter, they're being chased, right, by, by things that want to kill them. And Peter has a sword, and he hasn't used it. And Aslan now has come on the scene, and these wolves are starting to come at Peter. And Aslan, who represents Jesus, is there, and he has, like, his army with him. And this wolf comes to jump on Peter to, like, destroy him. And Aslan's army is, like, looking at Aslan, like, are we ready? Are we going to go jump in and save him? And Aslan said, no, he's going to do this one on his own. And Peter uses his sword to defeat the wolf. And right when he did, then Aslan told his army, now you can go and fight the rest of them. And I sobbed during that part. The reason why is because I'm like, God, in your wisdom, you let me fight these things on my, with the gifts that you've already given me. It's like the, the kindness and the wisdom of God to know what we need to conquer 
with the tools that he has given us so that we can lead. Because later, Peter led the army with the sword. And so if there's that thing in your life where you're like, God, why this? Like, why can you just come? Maybe it has been a thing that you have prayed for, and we've all prayed for that for you for years. That you're like, gosh, I cannot. Like, this is just an, a never-ending cycle where I just feel like it's kind of always there. Like, it's just always lurking. The wisdom of God would say, I've given you a birthright and I've given the Holy Spirit that has equipped you to move in power to conquer that thing. And all you need is the confidence and the agreement that you can. And that thing will be crushed. The reason why is because if God does it all for you, he does so much on our behalf that we can't see. So I'm not, be, I'm not belittling that, and I'm not belittling like the angelic work on, or anything. But there are these things where he empowers us to walk through them and to gain the confidence and the trust in him and in what he has given us. So that if that wolf tries, if the wolf pack tries to come back, you know, oh, you're not that hard to handle because I have a sword that I've already used and I already know what it does to you. And so the power and the influence of that thing is stripped. It's gone. It doesn't mean that it like evaporates and it doesn't exist anymore. It means that the power has been stripped from it. And so it's so important to agree with what God has said over you and what God has already gifted you and put you in the put in your hands. It's it's not like we don't have any of it and we're just like, <laughs> like freaking out trying to fight. Like we have everything already inside of us. Why? Because we were made in the image of God. We're made in his likeness. We're his masterpiece. Do you think he would create a masterpiece that's weak? Do you think he would create a masterpiece that does not possess the power that Jesus possesses to overcome things? Don't offend God by telling him that you can't do it or that this thing is going to be with you for the rest of your life. Don't blaspheme him. It's not going to be with you the rest of your life unless you allow it because he's already done the work to break it. All right. Enough of that. Thank you, Garrett. All right, I want you guys specifically over a thought about yourself or your situation where you have allowed hopelessness or defeat to speak really loud. I want you to think about that. If you've discounted yourself because of maybe your past, well, you're a new creation. I was thinking about um, what, like, being born again. I love Nicodemus when he's like, do I have to, you know, go back into my mother's womb and come back, <laughs> come back out? Like, ouch. Uh, but, like, um, I was thinking about newborn babies. We have Ariella. We have Ava, who is still, she's still perfect. She hasn't sinned yet. Um, 
I would never look at a newborn baby, even if this baby was born of a criminal. I would never look at a newborn baby and say, you're terrible. You're awful. You can never amount to anything. You're no good. God will never use you, right? You would look at a baby and be like, you're amazing. Like, oh, and, 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 and just joy would come over you when you look at a baby, hopefully, unless you're just cold, cold-hearted. Um, but just, I want you guys to think of yourselves truly like born again. You would never speak to something that was just born and, and speak defeat over it. Think about yourselves. You're brand new. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You have your whole life ahead of you. You have your whole past. It's truly behind you. So do not speak hopelessness and defeat into that. Don't do it. Do not disqualify yourself because of any reason. So I want you guys to think of that area of your life, and we're going to pray, and we're going to repent for believing that, and we are going to start our journey of understanding who we are and whose we are over that, in that scenario. But I want you guys, if you are a visual person, I'll give you, I'll give you some tips. If you're a visual person, I want you to think of you actually like giving that up and accepting, like, accepting your birthright. Like, think of it as, like, the Esau thing. Like, I'm going to give away this nasty pot of stew, and I'm going to accept the actual birthright for me. All right. You guys ready to pray? Okay. All right, Jesus, I just thank you so much. I thank you for calling us your own, for identifying us as your own, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have empowered us with, uh, with your power. I thank you, God, that you've declared us more than conquerors. I thank you, God, that you've called us your sons and daughters and that we are citizens of heaven. I thank you, God, that we are co-heirs with Christ who is seated in heavenly places with everything under your feet. And so, Jesus, we gladly give you the authority in our lives. We gladly accept the authority of the cross and of the resurrection in our life to break everything that has been bound to us, God, that you would cut that cord that we are connected to, God, that you would unhook whatever has been hooked to us, and that, God, that you would close up every area so that it no longer has access and God, we just thank you for what you have made us for. You've made us for your glory, Jesus. And you've made us to do powerful things. I thank you, God, that you've made us, that we can put a display of your glory into all of the heavenly realms. And God, we repent 
for thoughts that we agree with that are not thoughts that you say about us. God, all thoughts of hopelessness and defeat, all thoughts, God, of lack of provision, all thoughts, God, that you will not move on our behalf, all thoughts that we cannot accomplish the good things that you have designed for us to do, all thoughts that say that we cannot and we will not and it will never happen. We repent of those thoughts, Jesus, and we agree, Jesus, that we can because you have put it inside of us and we can because you have declared it 2,000 years ago that it will come to pass. So God, we just thank you for our birthright and our adoption, Jesus. And I just bless every person that is in here in Jesus' name, God. I bless them on this journey, God, that they would have a new weapon, that they would have a new belief system, God, that their minds would be transformed and that their thoughts about you and their thoughts about themselves would be massive, all little thinking would begin to change into big, big thinking. Jesus, we love you. Amen. All right. If you guys need prayer, any specific prayer, um, there will be a prayer team up here. Other than that, I love you guys. Thank you for uh, watching the Chronicles of Narnia with me, and uh, have a good week.